Hello and welcome to the All Sports Best Podcast. My name is Trey Gonzalez. Today we have a super cool guest on. Today's podcast is super informational, but it's also super fun. So you're not going to get bored, but you're going to learn a lot about all of card collecting, all of the hobby. And what's cool about it is if you don't think you are interested in collecting cards, that's okay. This podcast will tell you why those weirdos love collecting cards. And if you're one of those weirdos like myself, I'm joking about the weirdos thing, by the way. Um, then you can learn a lot from this as well just because you know you can never know too much about any industry and this guy knows a whole lot since he has gotten started. Now 777 Breaks is very successful. They're on the verge of continuing to grow every single week and they have products out. They have breaks every single day and that's pretty impressive. I will say that. What a dedication to the to the craft, no doubt about it. But guys, definitely share this out. We'd really appreciate it. The support that you guys give us on social media, YouTube, on the podcast, on the radio show, and on the live broadcast as well. Those We wouldn't be able to keep doing all the stuff that we're doing without you. So keep it up. Seriously, we do appreciate it. And uh, I've always wanted to do this, and I know this is kind of cheesy, but uh, hey, DJ, spin that intro. Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Sports Best, the podcast. I'm Trey Gonzalez, your host, and I'm very excited to have you listening to this particular episode. It's going to be very insightful because as I've gotten into the card hobby, collecting, uh, just watching videos and stuff like that, it's almost like I feel as though I'm, I'm those kids that people are questioning, like, uh, why are they watching other people play video games instead of doing the video games? It's just so much fun to watch cards get opened and stuff like that. Today, I have a very special guest on. It is SE1 from 777 Breaks, and he's going to give us a lot of cool insight, um, his preferences, things like that. SE1, how are you doing, man? I'm hanging in there, man. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. This is going to be fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've been looking forward to this because... As I've grown into the card hobby, I can't say that I've gotten better at it. I've just learned about it. It's just really cool to just continue to gain more knowledge about it because it's kind of endless. You know, it's like it's like baseball. You can never be perfect. You can never know everything. Same with the card hobby from, you know, from month to month, things change, right? Absolutely. Month to month, week to week, um, you know, release dates uh, get pushed back product release prices get released at one price and then another price next week. Um, so it, it's very volatile in a sense, but it's a fun volatile. Yeah. It no. keeps you on your toes. Absolutely. So to start us off, SE1, how'd you get the name and um, how, when did it start to stick? Uh, okay. So my personal name, uh, SE is my initial and the one came from, I'm the only SE in my family. So I'm oh. the only SE1. So that that's how I got my handle. Was that a long time ago? Was that like, okay, I'm going to create my email address at age, you know, 12. This is what I'm going to go with. Was that kind of like one of those things? Uh, you know, no. Uh, it, it's funny. Is When I was younger, me and the other, one of the other gentlemen, uh, well, 777 Breaks, we're all childhood friends. And Jersey, uh, me and him go way, way back. And so when we were kids, my nickname, I named myself was uh, Sentra, Nissan Sentra back in the day. Mm. They came out with the racing model, and they named it the S-E-R. 
So I always oh. said it was my name racing. And so I don't race. So now it, it evolved as I got into an adult. I just made the R1. Okay. <laughs> I like that. That's cool. So there's even, it's, a, it's got a deeper origin story even. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. So while we're on the names topic, can you give me a little bit of insight on how 777 Breaks became the brand name? So this was, uh, you know, during pandemic, it was, um, so if I'm thinking back time, I'm thinking about August, uh, July, um, right, right in the heart of the pandemic. And, um, you know, there, during the time, I don't know how it was out for you guys in New Mexico, but out in California, it was, it was pretty locked down and they somewhat started loosening to where we could eat outdoors. So, um, oh. me and Jersey, um, we would always make it a point at least once or twice a year to have the, the lunch with each other. Um, so there was that one time that one of the times of the year we started talking about it and he goes, Hey, remember when you were kids, we used to collect cards. Well, like, mm. yeah, I remember. He goes, um, we're thinking about, I'm thinking about starting to get back in a hobby. This is what's going on. And so he's like, uh, he's explaining to me what breaks are. And I'm like, breaks, what are you talking about breaks? He goes, okay, so what a break is, is you actually watch people open packs of cards and you buy into that break and whatever team you pay for, you get those cards shipped to you. Right. And the concept was like, oh, interesting. Okay. So uh, I started watching, watching breaks with them. Um, it evolved from, hey, I think now we want to, why don't we open up our own cards? I was like, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, what, what, what do you, what do you want to uh, name? What do you want to name the channel? Then it started to think about, you know, well, you know, we hate to say the word gambling, but it is a little bit of gamble. It is a little bit oh. of a rush when you buy a pack of cards. And so, you know, the first thing we think about is Vegas. So we think about Vegas, we're like, hmm, a slot, 777, <laughs> yeah. and we're breaking cards. So <laughs> that's how the name came about was, you know, it was all related to, you know, the, the thrill, the rush of the gamble and the enjoyment of the break. And that's how 777 Break became the name. I love that so much. It's funny that you say that because I was actually talking to uh, someone the other day and, and I was telling them about, yeah, you know, I kind of like cards now. And they're like, isn't that kind of like gambling? And I was like, no. Well, I mean, it's kind of like a mixture between investing and gambling. It really is. Um, so I, I love that that actually came into the name of your of your company. And now it's it's become more than just breaks, right? I mean, I actually have right now in the studio and I'm holding on to one of them right now. I have a, a, a package of penny sleeves, seven, seven, seven breaks. You are on your emoji or your Bitcoin. What is it called? Bitmoji is right there. on uh, Bitmoji. I think it's what it's called. Yeah, there you go. It's right there on the product. And then right under it is the seven, seven, seven breaks top loaders. So, I mean, it's really cool how it's gone from this concept to a full on brand, right? Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Just like with anything, um, it, it, it it's it's great to be a part of something and just go with the evolution. So when we, I mean, when we first started, it started out let's just break open cards. And I remember the very first break. Um, I actually wasn't on stream, um, but the other guys were the first ones on stream. I was actually on the road trip going to New Orleans at that time. Mm. Um, I'll I'll never forget because it was the week of, uh, it was the week after Thanksgiving. Um, we did break and that was our first break. And, you know, we were just new guys to the thing. And so we wanted to make a big, 
uh, inaugural break. So we broke all this expensive product. Um, wow. Didn't really sell much. Yeah, it didn't really sell much. It was more just, uh, you know, just to get the feel of it. And then as we evolved, I mean, I believe right now we're on break number 313. Goodness. Um, so it's, yeah, so it, it's very, very uh, interesting. It's been, it's, it's a fun ride. I mean, like I said, we have top loaders now. We have merchandise. We have hats, T-shirts. You know, uh, we just started a new series um, that's outside of card breaking. It's just the relationships I'm coming across has just been phenomenal. Um, the community we built is, is building is being it's just phenomenal. We're, we're coming across so many different avenues and, and hands. It's just it's been an amazing fun ride. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I really do enjoy watching what you guys have become and I've only jumped on I'll be honest with you I only jumped on to the 777 brakes train about a month ago a friend of mine uh, Steve Cummings and you know who I'm talking about actually put us together for this podcast um but he told me about you guys and I was like that's interesting because I was starting to collect as a buyer boxes and individual cards I was seeking out on eBay and then I was like that's interesting and I really wanted wanted to learn so even if you aren't buying into breaks you can still enjoy the content and learn right absolutely and that's the cool part of the hobby now that we're older um back then it was before you know we just collected our favorite players now it's kind of evolved but it's so much uh, better now that we're older we have that maturity we have that understanding of the player and you know you have vested interest in that player now because you own a piece of them. Um, I hate to say it that way, but you own a piece of their uh, sport history. Yeah. And so you're vested now into following that, that card and that player wherever he goes. Um, so it, it, it's, it's such a fun uh, hobby to be in as an adult now. Well, people talk about fantasy football, fantasy baseball, etc. You can go on and on with how many different fantasy leagues there are. It's kind of similar in that way that you're going to pay attention a little bit more to your specific sport or player as they go through, right? I mean, that's kind of the concept of of when you buy into a card or whatever product it is, you want that to do well, so you are paying attention to it more, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. So I think of like, uh, I'm not a huge fantasy player, but I forgot mm. the, the kind of um, league it is when you get to keep one a keeper league. Yeah. Uh, you get to keep one player, and I think you keep that player for the next two, three years after you claim them. Um, so think of it like that, where you buy a card, and it actually allows you to, like for me, I'm originally from Chicago, so I'm a diehard Chicago fan, north side Chicago. I mm. grew up a block away from Wrigley. So everything Chicago Cubs, Chicago Bears, Chicago Bulls, I am collecting, and as a fan, it helps you not only just collect and fruit for the team, but it makes you follow that player around. Um, you know, you start picking up little things, uh, their their averages, their strikeout percentages. You know, what I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you get kind of you know stat geeky with it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's funny because if somebody's making fun of you, it almost doesn't matter to you anymore. If you have this kind of thought process, not an obsession, but close to it, because it's like. That's fine. You can think what you want. I enjoy this. And that's kind of where I've been lately. I don't know about you, but I've I've told some people like, yeah, I do cards. And you're, they're like, oh, okay, cool. And it's this big community that no, sometimes nobody has an idea how huge it's become. Has it become huge since lockdown in comparison to beforehand? Um, it 
during the lockdown, the industry exploded. Um, mm. When I mean exploded, it, it became nuts around the world. Or should I say not the world, but around the country. And um, like, for instance, uh, back before the pandemic, you used to be able to walk into a Target, into a Walmart, and you would be able to find, you know, boxes of cars. Um, Now, you know, I don't know how it is. Actually, when I drove through New Mexico on the way to New Orleans, um, it was during the lockdown. So I couldn't even walk into Target or Walmart then because they were doing the whole only allowing, you know, 100 people in the store at a time. Mm -hmm. So, but... In Arizona, I would walk in, and Arizona, you know, wasn't into cards as well, so I was able to walk in a Target and see product on the shelf. Um, where in California, still currently, the chances of you walking into a store and finding product is slim to none. Um, so it, you got to really get creative on how you're looking for product. Um, but during, to answer your question, during the pandemic, yeah, it, it flew off the shelf. Um, the amount of prices going around, um, the market completely changed and evolved. Um, and again, I'm never one to talk bad about anybody. I my my thought in the hobby is whatever you're into, you're into. As long as you're not trying to steal from people, right? Um, and you're having fun, that person's having fun. That that's all that we should be focusing about. Um, not yeah. really the dollar amount, but there are collectors that are looking at the dollar amounts. But the reason why I'm getting into that is because during the pandemic, um, prices of some cards have just. I mean, if you if you're you're a sports guy, so I mean, yeah. you've seen like ESPN do do stories. Kobe Bryant's car, rookie card sells for two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tom Brady's rookie card sells for two point. I think it was like two point four million. Um, the Honus Wagner, that's the holy grail of all cards. Yes. Um, and if you don't know what that card is, that's that that's that old tobacco card. Um, who Honus Wagner, not that he was the greatest player in the world, but it was such a statement card because he was against tobacco and he wanted all production of his card to be halted. Oh. So they, yeah, so they printed a whole bunch of cards and then they had to pull them off the shelf. And back in the day, that's the, the Tops 206 uh, card. They were only given impacts of tobacco. Mm. So there's not many of those in circulation. So even though... SGC is a company that graded it. They graded it as a three. Um, it's the only one known in existence. Wow. Um, so I think that just sold for like some six million dollars to an investor group. Goodness. So when you, when you, yeah, when you put it into perspective, it, it's not just a card on a piece of cardboard. You got to also look at the heart, the history, um, and the way you want to look at it, or should I say, the way. Um, it should be looked at. It's not more of just a piece of cardboard. It's more of the art and the history. So it's, it's like our Mona Lisa, you know, it's yeah. like our starry night. It that's tells a story. Kind of, kind of look at it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I had, I'll be honest with you. I knew about Honus Wagner. Uh, the only reason I knew about the player himself to be completely uh, truthful with you is because the card was so valuable and I'd seen the card and I've seen what it sold for those kinds of things. I had no idea it had to do with controversy. And uh, of course it's got to do with the limited amount of availability, but I didn't know that it was because of the tobacco uh, op- opposition. That's really cool. Actually. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and last year um, in 2021, I went to the national card convention. It was the first card convention um, they had in two years because of uh, the pandemic. And um, I was fortunate to be in Chicago or to go to Chicago and, uh, and go, uh, went, met with a couple. And that's the thing that's great about our community is 
I uh, met up with a couple guys that I met through buying into our breaks. And mm-hmm. um, now I'm talking to these. Well, Steve Cummings is one of them too. Like I, I pick up the phone and talk to these guys. Like I've known them for a very long time. Um, and it, it, it's just very amazing the uh, amount of relationships we come across. But um, the reason why I talk about that is when I went to Nationals, I was hanging out with them and they had the Honus Wagner on display. Really? And it's in a, yeah, they, it's in a sealed case, uh, a big glass case. There's armed security around it. And at that time, um, I forgot the name of the auction company that did it. They um, were already talking about this is going to go for auction later on this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it last sold for $3 million. Mm-hmm. We're anticipating it's going to sell for like 6.1. And we're like, wow. <laughs> when you look wild. at that and you just see like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, when you think about it, too, like you go you go to uh, where's where's the Mona Lisa currently? I think it's it's hang, hung in, in the, the Louvre Museum. Is it yeah, in- it, it, right. I think that's where the. I think that's where it's hung. So when you have conventions and that thing's just going around different places, armed security, and, you know, it's the magnitude that comes behind it. That's kind of the representative of the hobby. That's what the hobby has evolved into is mm. people go and see these cards and try to collect these cards. It, it, it's amazing. The armed security thing blows my mind, but you really put it in perspective. If something's worth a million plus, in this case, six times worth, uh, six times that, uh, you kind of have to make sure that it's 100% secured, right? I mean, golly, I could only imagine spending that kind of money and, and putting my kind of energy into getting something like this and it get broken or stolen or knocked down, whatever it might be. Yeah. It, it, I mean, and it, 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 yeah, and it's the only one in existence, so it's not like you could get another. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, There's it's no... an irreplaceable item. Exactly. Okay, so I actually wanted to dive into the the breaks that you guys do, the the hobby itself. Um, I know that a big part of how well you guys have been doing has to do with what you talked about earlier in relationships with trust, right? I've heard some uh, breaking accounts companies, if they do a giveaway or something like that, and they don't give a card away because, well, that's a little bit too valuable or you know, they don't send it in time. Those kinds of things can break trust and really break up your company and, and, and make things, you know, uh, the worst that they can be, a worst case scenario. How much do you guys pay attention to the trust factor in your in your line of work? Well, I think trust is everything, especially with what we do. Um, when you are purchasing, uh, we list all of our breaks um the sales, the, we call them uh, breaks. So every break that we list is always on eBay um, to give you that added protection. Mm. Um, in terms of trust, does eBay, is eBay perfect? No, but is anything perfect? You know, no, uh, we sure. are all human. Um, but trust is everything. And being completely transparent and doing that uh, on the screen, I mean, we're not gimmicky. And again, not that anybody that is gimmicky is bad, but you know, we try to be as uh, truthful, as, you know, personable as possible. And we want to make sure that when you break a card with us, this is not, we understand this is not our property. Um, for us, we kind of, I hate to say the word, these bad words, because they're usually associated with uh, negative things. But, you know, we have a slight addiction into opening cards and mm-hmm. seeing product and you learning about new products. So that's kind of why 
it helps us breaking cars because it feeds that uh, it feeds that need that we just want to rip open, rip packs of cars open. Um, but we get rid of the cars as soon as possible. We ship the cars within 24 hours. We give you a tracking number right then and there. Um, if there's an issue with something, we'll contact you via phone uh, immediately. Where most some breakers, uh, unfortunately, just with any industry, you got your good ones and your bad ones. Sure. Um, you know, and you just gotta find who are the good ones. Uh, for us, we are a big. We're big on you know community and helping one another. So. I actually talk to other breakers and help them out, give them advice. I ask them for advice to give it back to me. So as long as you have a community of other people, um, being you, um, not, like I said, not too much of a gimmick where um, I, I talk to you the way I would talk to anybody. And I don't know if it's just my nature, but I don't like to put up uh, a front of who I am. And I hope that I think I feel that relates through a camera and that's why a lot of people have a lot of trust in us. One, oh. we've never, yeah, we've never had any issues. Are we perfect? No. I mean, have we accidentally shipped a, 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 a team to somebody else by accident? Yeah, that's human error. But we're like 313 breaks and that's happened once. Okay. Um, yeah. So we're human. We're not perfect. But we try to strive for that perfect. And if we are at fault, we'll correct it immediately. Um, there's no no rhyme or reason uh in my head it's it's a waste of energy i don't like holding on to anything negative i always like to be positive you'll hear me laugh a lot because i'm just that guy with that would rather laugh than cry sure absolutely um all right so i wanted to get into first off with you talking about shipping out cards and things like that is there ever a time where someone uh, messages you guys and says you know what i really just it's okay i don't need those you know, I ended up with base cards for my for my break. I'm just gonna go ahead and not worry about it. Does anybody ever do that, or or, or no? Um, very rarely someone will do that. Um, we do have we do have people that will pull cards of teams that we're fans of, and they'll be like, "Hey, I don't even want that card. You want it?" Oh. And you know, we'll go ahead and say, "Okay, sure." And you know, even though it's a, like we. Even though we can never guarantee you getting skunked uh, in terms of uh, pulling a card, because there are times where you buy into a team and you don't get any cards for that team. So it's a very rare occurrence, but it can happen. Mm-hmm. But when that does happen, we do go into our own uh, PC vault, which uh, PCs we call personal collection. And we go into our own PC vault and we'll throw in some cards um, and send them off to that person. Because even though they don't want it, um, like I said, we're we're not one to hold on to anyone's product, and you paid for it, and and you paid for the shipping. So it's just it we got to get it out. Uh, okay. We don't want you paying for something and, and not getting anything. Right, no, that makes sense. Um, do do you have a a big thing of vase cards? If so, what do you do with them? Do you ever give them away or? I mean, I know you said you go into the PC and, and give those away to some people that don't end up with a card. But when you have, I can imagine stacks and stacks of cards that are kind of unwanted. Do you, uh, is there a place to take them for, for people that are collecting and, and have a bunch that don't, that they don't want? Um, okay. So there's two things. There's two ways that I've seen uh, the most creative ways to do it. So people that sell cards, I see them use actually base cards as kind of like, uh, like cardboard protectors when they mail it out to another person. Oh. So they'll tape a whole bunch of cards together and then mail those cards out. I've seen that. For us, I actually have uh, set up out here in California when the season picks up. 
Um, I know a couple of guys that run Pop Warner leagues or, um, you know, little leagues, little local leagues. We'll donate those cards to those kids. Oh, that's uh, cool. Just to get them into the hobby. Yeah, just to get them to the hobby. It, it, uh, where the hobby's evolving, you know, it's hard to get these kids, uh, from what I'm seeing, into it uh, because everyone's on video games now. So it, it's very, very hard to get these kids into into the hobby collecting. Sure. There's so many different things that you can collect nowadays, and I know you guys break quite a few different sports and styles and everything like that there's pokemon nascar ufc uh we talked about that there's hockey uh, everything pretty much has a card all the way down to celebrities i think like pop culture cards what do you guys what all do you break and which ones do you maybe just not really familiarize yourself with not that they're not important but that you guys just don't do um so Right now, our main breaks are um, basketball, football, bas- uh, baseball. Those are okay. the three major sports, and hockey. Uh, we do all the four major sports in, in the United States. Now, what we don't get into um, is, I mean, what's really, really big right now is uh, F1 cards. F1 cards are really, really huge. Mm. Um, soccer uh, is another big one. We're not talking about MLS, but they do have, like, La Liga uh, Premier League, like they do have cards for those, and those I don't. I'm not a guy. We're we're not guys that just like to open up cards, just to open up cards. If we're gonna open up something, I want to make sure that I am knowledgeable in that sport. Makes sense. Um, because at, at, I I don't want you know our show is built on you know having fun, not just opening cards, but we're just having fun talking about the different players, the different teams, the different drama that goes on with that sport. Um, there are some sports that I'm really, really into, and it's hard for us to break it because the product is so darn expensive. Mm. Uh, for instance, I'm a diehard UFC guy. I've uh, been watching UFC since UFC 1. Um, I love the fact that the sport evolved into trading cards. The problem is the hobby boxes of trading cards, or even to be able to find those, are just super expensive. Uh, one of the newest products for UFC um, is called Immaculate by Panini. Mm-hmm. And the Immaculate box is a hobby box. You're guaranteed some really good cards out of there. They um, the really good hits out of there. I think it's like two, uh, two autographs and um, three numbered uh, memorabilia cards. Uh, memorabilia means like there's patches and stuff onto the card. But mm-hmm. there's only six cards in the box, and the box costs 1300 bucks. Goodness. So... Yeah, so for us, uh, you know, we're we're it's hard for us to break a product like that because one, I if I'm not comfortable spending that kind of money, I can't be that comfortable putting that product onto our channel and think that someone else is going to be. I'd be scared. Like I, you know, that's let's just say I bought four boxes. You know, that's still mm. only twenty four cards. You know, yeah. it, the way we would do that break is that you would have to either buy, uh, you know look for a player that's printed or we would have to do what uh, a division break where you buy a specific weight class. And if a card comes in at weight class, you know, you get that card, but mm-hmm. even at four boxes of that, that's 24 cards. You can't guarantee you're going to get a card in your weight class. And sure. then the spot for that would have to cost, you know, it just, it's too much for me. Um, now, is it something we are thinking about doing later? Yeah. If we have the right group, um, if if we have enough wanting to get into something high end like that, you know, we're always open for it. I could talk UFC all day. 
Um, but I just don't think we're ready for it yet. Okay. That's that's definitely interesting. And I, I've seen breaks on those, not necessarily breaks, but just un- unboxings, pack openings of those immaculate boxes, whatever sport it would be. And it just blows my mind because you are going to get value back out of that box, but it's just a matter of, I don't want to get heartbroken. I really don't. So <laughs> I can totally see where you're yeah. coming from. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing where it comes to, you know, what kind of uh, collected do you want to be? Like if you're spending, if you have the ability, like for instance, here, here's that fun, that, it's not a funny story. It's really heartbreaking, but he did have protection. I don't know if you read on ESPN, that collector spent $500,000 on Tom Brady's last touchdown pass. Yes. Um, and, you know, three uh, the next day, Tom Brady unretires. So <laughs> think about the the gentleman that just spent 500000 You know, kudos to him to be able to have $500,000 to spend on a football. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's detrimental to be able to put up that kind of money. And so that's why with the UFC patch, it's kind of like, you know, I – I don't know if um, I want to put that much pressure on any one person to be able to buy into a break like that and end up with potentially nothing. Like that's just yeah, that's a hard pill to swallow. I gotta say the there's an immaculate. I'm gonna use the word immaculate timing to the person that sold that ball as well because good for them. How did you said that the guy had protection buying that ball? How, how so? What happened? Um. To my understanding, uh, is that they had a seven-day remorse uh, period, where if he purchased it, he has seven days to back out of it if he was having buyer's remorse. Oh. To my understanding, again, I I'm not a thousand percent sure in that, but a, a couple people, a couple groups that I'm part of, the, uh, a lot of people were saying that, not just from one person. So, is that true? It sounds more likely to be true um, than not true. But again, that that's one of the things I've heard that he had buyer's remorse in the seven day period, and fortunately for him, I mean, it was literally like the next day a Tom Brady on retired. Yeah, because that would have been a huge <laughs> investment had it been the last touchdown pass. No one retirement stays retired. I mean, in ten years from now, that ball's probably worth ten times what it's what he bought it for. Don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like I said, you you got to look at. Uh, the Onus Wagner, or even we'll say Michael Jordan. Um, you know, Michael Jordan's rookie cards, and that's kind of like the holy grail of basketball cards is, you know, Michael Jordan's rookie cards. Mm. What is it, the 84 player? Um, you know, they, no one knew what this hobby was going to do. And, you know, I, Jersey had a friend in uh, middle school, actually, that he traded, uh, he traded him that card for like a couple of mechanical pencils. Wow. That friend then took the card, yeah. Then then took the card, put it on his wall, stapled it to his wall. Had no idea. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, you had no idea what. But I mean, now it, it, Jordan rookie cards, I think, of pristine tens, G uh, PSA tens, they sell upwards to like you know thirty, sixty thousand dollars somewhere Jeez. around there. It, it's it's pretty <laughs> gnarly. Yeah, if you could only just go back in time and just tell yourself, you know what, just just hold on to that and take care of it. Um. All right. So yes. I wanted to know how, if you are available to say something like, or tell us something like this, but um, how do you guys get your hands on boxes and stuff when it's really hard to get out there and buy boxes at Walmart or buy boxes at hobby shops and stuff like that? Uh, okay. So the, the market targets has done something really, really well. And you could buy product on target. Um, there are times that we do have to buy some product from resellers, but 
the now us purchasing from resells is very, very down to minimal. Um, that was one of the issues with um, the hobby and why breaks started getting so expensive is because product was getting so expensive. You know, the people that were fortunate in areas in California, it's not like that you don't get product. It's that the person that stocks the boxes, they know uh, the person that's buying. So that person that, that buys from them um, automatically has it in. So technically product never even hits the shelf because they're sold before they even put out. Um, so that one person that's able to scoop up all that product um, then goes around and tries to double their money. So if someone buys a, bo- a blaster box for 20 bucks, they turn around and, and sell it for 40, 45, depending on the product. Um, basketball started becoming one of the most higher end products. Um, I don't know why, uh, personally, because I feel like football, you have more of a play in terms of players. Basketball, you're usually only like one or two people deep. Or let me take that back. Maybe about five deep. Uh, but people, basketball people were going nuts for basketball. So yeah. for uh, during the pandemic, uh, when product was so scarce, you know, you would buy a blaster box. Uh, for instance, NBA Prism back then, um, you know, you buy it retail, it's $19.99. And those, uh, those blaster boxes were selling anywhere between 75 to to 100 bucks a piece. Yeah. Golly, that's crazy. So, yeah, so... That that's one of the things, uh, but now it's a little bit better. Target has done a great thing, um, you know, getting stuff online. Uh, we do get lucky here and there walking into a store now. Uh, we we don't come across a lot, but generally we like to break uh, um, hobby boxes more than uh, that. So we do have a relationship with the local card shop, um, Nelson. Um, if you guys are ever in the area in Santa Ana, California, or I think he's considered Orange, California. Uh, he does have a local shop called Card Pavilion, and uh, we do have a relationship with him. We also do have a relationship with uh, another big uh, wholesaler named Steel City uh, that we're able to purchase product from. So sometimes we'll buy a case of cards. Uh, when I mean a case of cards, I mean we buy a whole box of hobby boxes. Wow. Um, and so when you, bu- yeah, when you buy whole boxes of hobby boxes, you know, a case can be anywhere between 12 to 16 boxes, and each big box comes with a case hit um case hits are those short prints um that you're always looking for um that that's one of the like the cool cards that you look for that you know they they call case hits because there's only one per case that's sold so whether it be hobby whether it be blaster boxes there's usually some kind of case hit somewhere so when you buy a box of boxes the individual okay so this is going to get confusing but when you get the individual boxes um in those, they usually guarantee, you know, an autograph or something like that. You scale it up and you go to the box of boxes. There's one extra special one in all of those boxes. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Oh, That's okay. exactly what it is. I did not know that. So you have a yeah. chance. So there's always going to be that chance that you have that big uh, hit. But when you buy the big box, you have that 100% guarantee it's going to happen. Uh, yes, I would say. We can never guarantee uh, case it. You know, Panini can, or they're human too. They they do some weird stuff at times, or Tops does some weird stuff at times. But 99.8% of the time, yeah, you're going to get a case it when you buy a case. Okay, all right. Now, where in the boxes is that case it? You don't know. <laughs> right, <laughs> so no, absolutely. You, you That's ne- the you, fun. You never know, but out of those 16 boxes, there's that case it lying around. 
who are the most electric players to find right now across the board? And if you could give me like maybe a couple from your major sports in baseball, basketball, and football. Um, okay. So if we're talking about baseball, baseball is more the traditional style of collecting. Um, and when I say that is when you buy baseball, there's so many levels of baseball products. So you could go to like your Bowman first. Uh, that's generally they call Bowman is known for their uh, rookies before the rookies. They're the minor league cards. Uh, even though they play for the team, it's their first card ever printed. So, if you're looking at the Bowman first cards, I mean, the biggest ones currently right now is probably, uh, you know, Wander Franco was that before he got called up last year. Um, right. You know, um, Adley Rashman from the Orioles, uh, Bobby Witt is, is another one. So those are all good. Jason Dominguez is another one for the Yankees. You know, the prices for those guys, they, they command a pretty um, high dollar because there's a lot of hype behind them. Um, then this year, um, so – Let's go back. I think uh, Wander's first rookie card was, in, was printed in 2020. I think that's when his uh, Wander first card was printed. I actually own a Wander first um, card. And um, this year was his first true rookie printed card in top. So the world has been going mm. crazy for Wander, Wander Franco. Yeah. Um, I've been, his base cards uh, have been selling. I saw his uh, base card when it first released. Um, he got a, someone took his base card, got it graded with PSA. It was the first one to get PSA graded and the first one to be a Gen Mint 10. And that card, I believe, sold at auction for like $5,000. Goodness and gracious. Season, at, at this, yeah, at this point, we don't even know if we had a season, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, it, yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. So that's why in, in baseball, you kind of got to, it, it's hard to say that one player right now, but Three years after their first card, rookie card is printed, I would say the biggest names in baseball right now would have to, in the cards, would be, you know, Shohei rookies go for a decent amount of money, Mike Trout, um, yeah. Fernando Tatis, um, his rookie goes for a lot, Vlad Jr. Um, those are probably the top, Juan Soto, I kind of forget about that guy too. Um, that's another guy that that is, um, you know, his rookie card sell for a really decent amount of money. And it's about this. And that's just what's cool about the cards is because it's not necessarily the player that they're the absolute best player. And they have all these crazy amount of stats. It's also the star power that the player carries. And that's what kind of drives the card. Like for instance, Bryce Harper won MVP last year, a Bryce Harper rookie card doesn't sell for the same amount of money. as a Fernando Tatis uh, rookie card. And that's Fernando's because of his popularity. His like the, the yeah, amount of people that of, like him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's about his popularity and Bryce Harper. You know his rookie card. I think was twenty thirteen. Um, so it is a little bit older to find. But you're talking about a two time MVP. Um, and Fernando Tatis is only what year three into the league, like year four into the league. Mm -hmm. So it, it it's kind of just amazing to see that star power carry through cards, not necessarily on the field. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. So what about basketball? What are a couple of players that we should be on the lookout for if we're collecting or, or wanting to get something really cool for our collection? So I always say this, and I just want to throw it out there in terms of your collection. Um, you just got to figure out what kind of collector you want to be. Um, do you want to, you know, there, there are collectors that just don't really collect. They just like the, the term of the flip. 
um, and they like to find deals and then sell them and make money that way. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you got to figure out what kind of collector you are. Um, there's people that, you know, PC their own team. There's people that just want to follow players because they have to, they feel like, you know, that's their, their lottery ticket that if this guy's going to have a really, really good career, so they're going to sell his rookie card, you know, when 20 something years from now, like LeBron James. Um, so, but right now, if we're talking about rookie classes, you know, even though they just released 2020, uh, 21-22 season, the still the more um, sought-out products is the 2021 class, which is like your Anthony Edwards, um, who else is in LaMelo Ball. Those are your guys. Of course, if you go to the year prior, uh, you know, John Morant is probably Tyler Hero, um, you know, Zion Will- Williamson. Um, those are kind of the guys that you want to be chasing Zion is, is, is probably one of those guys right now. Um, and this, it's, it's kind of like a stock market. Zion's kind of one of those guys you might be able to find really, really cheap, but he has a lot of upside potential because, mm-hmm. you know, he's been injured. He's put on all that weight. Um, so you don't know what kind of player he's going to be, but just being able to watch his physical um, prowess. I mean, that guy is, that guy is solid as a player. Yeah. I mean, he's so explosive. So, it's just, you know, you could buy his stuff because everyone's feeling like he's a bust, that he's has his foot injuries, he's not even playing. And it's like, guys, it's, he's only played two years in the league. Like, he, he's still young. He could recuperate. He could, you know, get the right trainer and lose all that weight. And he could show the world. And so people are selling his stuff really cheap because they think that he's, um, um, you know, a bust. Uh, same with Tyrese Halliburton. That guy's exploding right now, too. So. Mm. You, you got to figure out why you want to collect this person, you know, if it's for a collection or if it's for an investment, there's no wrong or right. As long as you uh, like what you do, that's what you should focus on. Okay. Very cool. And then for football, what would you say would be, you know, the top three most valuable guys to collect? If you, if you are looking for the flip, let's just say. If you are looking for the flip, um, and newer product, or are we talking newer product, or we, you want to go older product? Um, uh, I'm looking when I mean for older, like the last five years. Yeah, let's go last five years. Top top of the last five years from now to five years ago. I mean, if you could get into, I think the the most sought out card right now five years ago would probably have to be the Patty Mahomes rookies. Okay. Patty Mahomes rookies. Um, if you could come across those, Deshaun Watson. I think his rookies are now going to start increasing in value now that he's got traded. Now that he's going to start playing again. Um, those are the guys that have a lot of upside potential. More recently, last year's product with uh, Joe Burrow, um, you know, Justin Herbert, um, Tua, like those guys, that, that draft class, this draft class with uh, Matt Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, like these last two years has just been insane amount of talent. And there's, you know, you, you probably name anywhere between five to ten players that you know that it's going to have a really good career. Um, where this upcoming draft class, um, not that I'm saying that, that there's not, I not so far no one is really sticking out to me, uh, especially for quarterback because we've been so spoiled in quarterbacks the yeah. last five years. You know, it, you know, we had the, the Patty Mahomes, you know, Deshaun Watson. I, I think L. Jackson's in there, Kyler Murray. Uh, we we've had so we've been so spoiled with good quarterbacks coming into the league. And look at Mac Jones. I mean his rookie start a year made it to the playoffs. I mean, and on a team that didn't, you know, the Patriots were horrible last year yeah. um, or the year before they were horrible. And so Mac Jones comes in, they release Cam Newton and he takes them to the playoffs. So it's this like, it's amazing to be able to see that 
in terms of a quarterback. Um, I'm a personally guy that's never been that. Again, I'm a Bears guy, so I've never been that invested into a quarterback until now uh, with Justin Fields because I really do think that he has a lot of skill set um, with the wrong, with the right coach. And you know, if he gets into that right situation, I can see his career being um, having pretty a long career. Sure. Um, so that's one of the things about cards, right? You you want to you want to go that card, and you're just hoping and hoping that that person is going to be able to get into the right system, the right situation. Um, and you, who knows? Like, for instance, uh, I, Mr. Trubisky, um, I still am personally butthurt uh, that the Bears drafted him above Patrick Mahomes. Of course. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, still, I'm still, my feelings are very, very hurt about that. But um, with that being said, he was really, really good. You know, when he, he took us to the playoffs, uh, we won our division, took us to the playoffs. And then the next two years, he just forgot how to play quarterback. And <laughs> I don't know if that was a quarterback or the wrong system. But now with him going to the Steelers, I think he's going to, you know, he might thrive in that system. Who knows? His rookie cards might go up in price. Yeah. Wow. That's going to be a sight to see. And I, I personally follow the Steelers. That's the team that I like. And, uh, it's kind of a big question mark right now at this point. So we'll have to see how that works out. Um, all right. So yeah. are for, in your opinion, are graded cards becoming less significant as everyone sends them in for grading now? I mean, there's like month long waiting lists or something like uh, something crazy like that sometimes. Right. And, uh, so graded cards are being more available now. Would you say they're less significant now or they've kept their same, uh, significance? This comes to what kind of a collector you are. I'm an old school guy, so I personally do not own many slabs. Um, I do have a few, uh, but I don't own many. And the idea of getting it slabbed is that, you know, it gets appraised, it gets thrown into a protective case. Um, the problem with the grading industry right now is certain grading companies aren't being very consistent in how they grade. Um, oh. So, for instance, uh, yeah, it, it can it, I hate the term shady, but it could get very, very muddy. Um, it could very, very, it could be in a, a very, very gray area. Um, so the idea is you send your card in. If it gets graded as a ten, it's worth you know five times more than that. What it what it is, um, you know. But it could also be that gamble that you spend the money to get it graded, and it comes back at a lower grade than you expected. Mm. Um, I've heard instances where. And it all depends. Like right now, the the highest value for any card goes to PSA. A PSA grade carries way more weight than any other grading service out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, the hard part is that people know that. So with PSA, PSA has such a long backlog right now, uh, but they do have a, a service that you could get your grade. You know, I think it's a three-day grade um, for uh, – expedited price and so i think that price initially psa is the one grader that does different things than everybody else um i think in order to get that service you pay six hundred dollars and then once the card is graded based off the value of that card um they charge you an additional fee on top of that wow so you know yeah so a grade can cost you yeah it's a it's exactly it's not it's one of those things that just makes uh makes it different and so um, you know, since we're on that note, uh, we've uh, uh, 
had the chance and pleasure um, to um, to be building a very, very close relationship with a new grading company called OG Grading. Um, I just did a video on it on our YouTube channel uh, explaining to what they do. And one of the things that they're offering is very, very great is um, the hard part about grading is the transparency. Um, you know, you send a card into PSA, you don't know who's touching your card, you don't know what they're doing to the card, right. and then you just get it back in the case. Well, what OG Grading is kind of do, they're a newer company, and they're finding all the flaws that the industry has been missing, and they have options to do uh, live recorded grades um, where they stream it on their YouTube channel, share you the video link, and you can see your grade, and then it's explained to you right then and there why your card got that grade, which is really, really cool. Um, that's just one of the small things that they do, but it all depends on what kind of collector you want to be. Um, I am not a guy that's flipping cards. Um, I, I'm a guy that likes to hold on to cards and, you know, I like to be able to show them off to people. Um, that's just the way I collect. Now, other people are into collecting and also selling cards to help feed their, feed their hobby, which is cool too, um, which, which each its own, but the the grading game can get very very muddy and the way PSA has a grip of the control of the market is kind of scary to me. Yeah, that is kind of scary, and I think that the expedited thing is what makes everybody have to wait so long, right? I mean, if you are, you know, if people are cutting in line, obviously it's going to take that much longer for you to get it. Yeah, exactly, and that I know. For again, I I, I don't want to sound like on my high horse or anything, but in my term. Uh, in my experience, if you pay someone to appraise your card, you uh, you should be doing that service. You shouldn't appraise a card and then be like, this is an expensive card. I'm going to charge you more because the exactly. card's still a card. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a break. It would the be card like still the card. <laughs> it would be like if you guys did a break and it's like, well, but you got this really good expensive card. Now you owe us more money so we can send it to you. Yeah, exactly. It's it just. Again, uh, you know, to each its own. Uh, that's just not the way I would do business. But, you know, I, everyone's a little bit different. Sure. Uh, all right. So I've got to know what your proudest collection item is at the moment. My proudest collection item at the moment is I'm, I'm a big hip-hop fan. Um, so I like, you know, older hip-hop uh, stuff. So, I, you know, I, I was... Uh, um, uh, late 80s and 90s kids so i like the old school hip-hop and there's an artist named dj ski i don't know if you're familiar with him um but dj ski he um he's a dj slash artist and um he designed in nationals uh he has a partnership with ebay and at nationals he had a specific uh dj ski card that he took um all he he took uh the covers of Kanye West's albums, uh, that's, they're all Kanye West themed, uh, cards that he designed for Chicago national. And there was a set that you had to collect. And the only way you could get, get that set is if you were in national standing in line, oh. uh, you know, um, yeah, partnering and trading with other people in line to get that. So I was able to collect, um, they only gave four at nationals. And once you collected all four, you, um, you redeemed the fifth one. And so I would, that's actually one of my prized possessions right now. Uh, it's not worth that much, but it's my prized possession that I collected all four of those cards and I now have the fifth one. All the cards are just Kanye West themed albums because it was in the city of Chicago. Uh, so one of them has, you know, uh, Clark, the, uh, the Cubs mask on the front. 
The other one has one of uh, the fifth one that was redeemed was Michael Jordan with the six rings. Um, another one was a Jordan with his jump shot. Patrick Kane was on the front of one, another one. So they were really, really cool cards. And that's my prized possession right now. Which one is the one? Because I'm looking at them right now. Uh, which one was the one that you got as the fifth one as the bonus? It was a Michael Jordan with the six rings. Okay. Okay. The, with he's like he's it's like a silhouette in red and blue. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Wow. That's yeah. really cool and and, and, that, and unique. Yeah, and and see, and that's what it's it, as a collector, as someone new to to getting into collecting, you got to figure out what is gonna uh, you know what's your kicker. Now, is that the most expensive set? No, I think the set as a whole is probably only worth you know, a couple hundred bucks, but. It's my prize possession because I knew what it took to get those cards. Yes. Um, you know, it, it wasn't very easy. You, I mean, in Nationals, there was like some 60,000 people on a day-to-day -day basis. So the fight to get those cards was, was pretty gnarly. Uh, so to be able to get all three, collect them, get that fifth one, you know, there's only um, on the fifth card, there's only 808 of them printed. So I have mm, one of them. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that because that that that's really cool to me, especially because it's got roots based in your home city. Yeah, exactly. That, that's one of the big, big big reasons too. All right, so now we're gonna do a thing. I'm gonna call this one rapid fire with SE1. Are you ready for this? Uh sure. All right, let's do this. Uh, your favorite card brand? Uh, have to say Prism. Prism, okay. Um, favorite teams? Cubs. So is it Cubs, Bulls, and uh, Bears? If I had to choose only one, it would be Cubs. But in the list, it would go Cubs, Bulls, Bears. Okay. Um, first big hit you remember? First big hit I remember was a 1990, uh, it was a 1990 David Robinson rookie card. And that was back in that time, or you had just bought a that pack? That was back recently? in that time. Okay. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, it was the one where back in the day they had a, uh, they had a variation before, before they would uh, actually play into the league. There was a picture of him holding up his jersey. And I always tried to get one. My, my cousin at the time was always getting that card, and I never got it. And then I finally pulled in. I was so excited because he wouldn't trade me any of his. <laughs> so Fair that enough. was my first prize possession. Does he still collect? No, we, no. we were talking about that the other day. He lost his collection. My, unfortunately, mine when I was younger, my collection was actually stolen from me. That's a long story, but yeah, uh, yeah, it, it really hard, <laughs> really hard, uh, really hard pill to swallow. When you break gloves or no gloves. I personally like gloves. Um, some people don't like them. I like them because, you know, I, I don't want any oils from me uh, touching a card because something high gloss can leave fingerprints. Um, you know, as long as you know what you're doing wearing gloves, I choose wearing gloves because if you don't know what you're doing and you're wearing gloves, you can snag a corner, uh, uh, which, which, you know, can devalue the card. But okay. I like gloves. Either way, it's risky, huh? Yeah, either, either either which way. Um, I personally, from knowing graders um, and seeing how graders do, um, the key is to kind of just always hold it on the surface of the card and try to stay away from the edges and the corners. 
Okay. All right. Good good advice. Uh, your March Madness pick to win it all. Oh, um, to win it all this year. I actually have, I think I, my bracket, I have Duke to win it all. I got to okay. say, I had to go. I don't know if it was more of a nostalgic pick. Uh, but I I think Duke has I think Coach K is could could pull this off. Okay, and what's your biggest March Madness letdown so far? Oh, I think it was uh, I think it was uh, Iowa. I think Iowa kicked every. Was it Iowa? Uh, yeah, that, Iowa was, lost. Was the number one seed. Yeah, they lost to. Uh, yeah, they were number one. No, they were a five, but they lost to Richmond, and that was killer. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I I, I think Iowa broke everyone's bracket. Um, yes. I was actually I called I called UNC uh, beating Baylor, uh, so you know UNC's uh, on and they're making my bracket thrive. Same with Michigan, I had them winning first couple rounds too. Okay, I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, for for me, what broke my bracket big time was I had Tennessee winning it all and they lost last or yet the oh, other day. Yeah. Oh, they killer. lost in the first round. Yeah. And oh yeah. I had Iowa going pretty deep too, so that one killed me. But Kentucky, I never put my eggs in that basket um all right so hot take on card to pick up this year if you had to tell somebody hey you're getting into the card game and uh you want to get the most bang for your buck this this person is somebody that uh i think is going to blossom into a star what is your hot take maybe not as obvious i would say if we're gonna take this current season in any sport um, I would have to put my money into Mac Jones. Okay. I would I would say you would have to chase Mac Jones uh, just because history has shown what that Belichick system can do. Um, not that I'm saying Tom Brady is only the GOAT because of him because Tom Brady proved that he's good without Belichick, um, and Belichick needs that right quarterback to make him good. But I think that Belichick system fits Mac Jones' style of play. Okay. And I think he's going to be not that I'm going to say he's going to be the next Tom Brady, but I think he's going to be the next consistent guy. Um, I think him and Burrow, uh, actually him, Burrow and Herbert, I think that's going to be the new Tom Brady beating Manning. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed it. I, I learned a lot today. I hope that the listeners feel the same way. I think they will. Uh, S E one from seven, seven, seven breaks joining us and uh last question for you where all can we find you and 777 breaks if we're looking to get into your content and uh and enjoy all that you guys do go ahead and check out our youtube channel 777 breaks uh we do have a series called meet the hobby which will have our very own tray on the channel very soon um but uh, to get into one of our breaks, you could go onto eBay. Our break, uh, our eBay page is seven 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 breaks. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at seven 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 breaks, or join our. We do have an intimate Facebook group. That's where we do a lot of the interaction, of uh, the more personal interaction. Um, if you have Facebook, go ahead and join us in that group. And um, you know, we do Facebook only groups only to the group that's in there. So it's a very intimate group. I think that's where. We toyed with the idea of the high roller break. So if you want to join in um, and start collecting, you know, there's a lot of fun into that group. People uh, will post their cards for sale, trade, what have you. It's, it's a very positive community and not very toxic. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, jumping on, and I can't wait to continue our conversation uh, later on, on, uh, on both platforms. 
Yeah, awesome. I appreciate you having me on, Trey.